You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. In this episode, we're going to answer the question, if my relationship with Jesus is a personal relationship, then why do I need to be a part of a church? This is a question you may have asked yourself. There are a lot of things we can do individually, whether it's reading our Bibles, listening to sermons, and so on and so forth that have to do with our relationship with Jesus. So what role does the the church play in that? Why should we be a part of a church? Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got with me today Joe Coffey, our lead pastor, and then Stacey DiNardo and Zach Wyrock, both other members of our leadership team. Our question for this episode is, if my relationship with Jesus is personal, why do I need to be a part of a church? So to kind of frame up the question a little bit, there is a, we often talk about how we need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. We need to be growing. And a lot of these things that we talk about seem to be things that I can do on my own, and I don't necessarily need to be a part of a group of people. So why is it so important then for us to be a part of the church? What does the church bring to the table? Why can't it just be a personal thing between me and God? Yeah, not to be too disruptive, but I feel like the appropriate way to start is to just reject the question <laughs> and right. say that, uh, you know, I think the Bible has in mind that your relationship with Jesus is not less than personal, but it's more than personal. And and by that, I mean that you definitely have a personal relationship with God. God knows your name. God saves you. God is sanctifying you. You will be with Jesus in the new heavens and new earth. But the Bible very much so does not have in mind a Jesus and me kind of Christianity. It has in mind a Jesus and we kind of Christianity. And you see this all over the place. It never speaks of a lone ranger. That's right. Well, first of all, the the New Testament is written to churches, right? not to individuals, number one. Number two, there are whole sections of the New Testament you cannot obey on your own. So like Hebrews 13 says, to submit yourself to your elders, right? Well, you can't do that if you don't have pastors. (laughs) So there are whole sections of scripture that you simply cannot be in obedience to apart from a group, and that's because the New Testament envisions very much so that you will be part of a local church. The bride of Christ is the church. That's right. And so if we are the bride of Christ, that means you are a part of a church in that. So, um, And I always yeah. think of like uh, the underground church in China in uh, the Arab world. I mean, they, are, they will risk their lives just to be with other Christians because they know how important it is. Because for them, it's life, it's, it means life. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. You know, every culture has points of agreement and disagreement with the gospel. And what, what that means is when you're born into a culture, you live in a culture, some of Christianity is going to make a lot of sense to you and some of it isn't. Which, which just as a side point, yeah. which is why the Bible has to be an authority. That's right. Otherwise, you just when, end people, up. Yeah, when people start deciding that their culture yeah. informs the Bible. Yeah, so if I grew up in, in Saudi Arabia, for example, the idea that God relates to a people, not to me only as an individual, makes sense. But the idea that I would ever abandon the faith of my family doesn't, right? right? right. If I grew up in America, I see faith very much so as a personal decision. I need to figure out what I believe, which is true, but also I bring that individualism into my faith. So it becomes about God and me and my faith and my belief and my life versus uh, the collective. So we have to recognize that somewhat this question 
is being driven by an individual, hyper-individualistic culture yeah. Yeah. so that the same mentality I bring to my gym or to my neighborhood or to, is what I bring to the church. If it's just about me, why do I have to be Yeah, here? what is interesting is that we have that hyper-individualist uh, idea when it comes to church but not in a lot in most of the areas of our life, right? right. Because uh, you know, I'm a, involved with a, right now with an online community that exercises, right? And uh, they are constantly pushing, uh, just saying, we are a group, we hold each other accountable. I am your coach, and but uh, there is something about doing it together, mm-hmm. and it is a absolute phenomenon yeah. but he's but the the instructors are always talking about community and the power of community yeah. and yeah. all that that means and frankly if it was just me i would not exercise nearly as often as i do because i'm yeah, part of a group even if you did you and you wouldn't but even if you did you would lose something you would miss something absolutely now, now here's what i do think is appropriate is that it is possible to come to church every week and miss what the Bible means by actually being part of a church. And so I think there is some legitimacy to saying, why do I need to come here if in my coming here, I'm not being intentional about doing the things that the Bible wants me to do? In other words, at a church our size, it's possible you show up two minutes before service, you slide into the back row, you sit there for an hour, you go home, and you go, why did I? Why did it even matter right, that I was right. there? Nobody and perhaps did, yeah. maybe it didn't. <laughs> I mean, right. But that has more to do with how you're, you're doing, doing church than the church itself. Right, which is part of the, the thing about uh, church not existing for you, but you existing for the mission of the church. So what, right? does, what does it mean, though, to then say to be a part of a church, what does that look like and what should that... They, I mean, it means the individual needs to be pursuing community, right, yeah. in a smaller way so that they are experiencing that life together. Yeah, I think it also means saying that the value of my being here isn't just what I get from it, it's what I bring to it, right? right? It's, right. it's saying, and, and look, we just... Spoiler alert, but as a leadership team, we've been asking some of these yeah. questions, right? Of like, what what does it really mean to yeah. be a New Testament church? What should we be challenging members to do? And, and what should be the expectation? And I think some of that is saying, uh, you know, I tell people all the time, like, this is a great way of thinking about it. We sing some great songs at CCC. And some of the songs, let's just say we're singing a song about trusting God in the middle of difficult times, right? And you're singing it and you're thinking it doesn't matter if I'm here. But the person next to you is struggling with infertility. And they can't even bring themselves to sing because the song is hitting too close to home. They're not sure whether they can trust God in difficult times. But your voice next to them is a witness to them that, and the next week it's going to be you who can't sing and it's going to be their voice. And and there's power in that. And that's what you can't get from YouTube and you can't get from Spotify and you can't get, you can only get from a living, breathing testimony to God's grace next to you. But if you don't have that mindset when you show up, then you're going to miss that. But it isn't because it wasn't available to you. It's because you weren't, you weren't looking for it. So in the days of, the, of technology like it is, I mean, you have your online community, but we live stream all of our services. And it's a great thing, but what is the place for live stream when it comes to um, just because the community aspect and being actually a part of a church, does that count? Does it not count? And and how do we factor that or think about that? Yeah, I think you have to be careful with live stream 
And, and we have talked a lot about yeah. this as a staff because uh, I think live stream and I get emails from people who are traveling and who say, boy, I really uh, appreciated the live stream so I could stay with the series or whatever. And you know, I, was, I was traveling so I couldn't worship or people who are sick for a time or whose children are sick. Uh, but it also can be something where people begin to withdraw Right. And then they rely on it, and it's almost like having a you know the, a virtual friend uh, on Facebook is not that's not, not the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I think it would be a little bit like having a virtual friend that you're engaging while you have an actual friend sitting next to you. Correct. And yeah. you're ignoring one to do the other. Right? Is that we're saying like there are people. And it's a one way communication, right? If you yeah. if you're online, then it is it is all for you, it's which is the self. you know what, what people acknowledge when they write me. They'll say, "Boy, I so appreciate this because." I was traveling, and this was all for me. I got everything out of it, didn't, wasn't able to give anything to it, right? But there are people who come every week who need encouragement and people who come every week who don't know Jesus, and they are watching to see, do other people around me really believe this? Right. Do other people around me really trust this? Is, this? is this true? And by showing up and by participating, we are saying to them, yes. Now, of course, first we're saying to God, yes, you are worthy of my praise. You are. But yeah, we're also sure. saying to them horizontally, hey, you can trust this God. He really is this good. I really believe this. There's, there's a power in that. Look, this is what I think about live stream. It's like a lot of things. It's A, it exists for people who use it because they're on the road, because they're sick, because they're like, we're in the middle. It's as we're recording this, it's in the middle of a season where a lot of people are sick, right? So if you're, if you're that sick, it's probably better to watch it at home and not get the rest of us sick, right? So that's a convenient thing that live stream is great for. But I view it as a progression. I think there are a lot of people where live streams where they start. Yeah. They're not ready to come. They're not, you know, just spiritually, they've been hurt by churches in the past, whatever. So they tune in online understanding that for them, that makes sense. But for you, perhaps, you really need to be there. You really need to show up. You really need to participate. But I just think there's a world of power in showing up this upcoming Sunday, whenever you're listening to this, and saying, what would it look like to show up at church and say, hey, I'm here for God, that's true. And I'm here for me, that's true. But I'm also here for the other people here. And what does that mean? And when you you see that uh, happen, it really is powerful. I was, uh, a few months ago, I had a woman come up to me in between services and she started to cry. And of course, I had uh, I had another service to do. And a young woman in her 20s saw this, walked over to me, and just looked at her, looked at me, and she said, I have this. Here, would you come with me? I'll talk with you and pray with you. And it was such a moving moment for me just because, one, the young woman was in her 20s, and she didn't know what we were talking about. She didn't know what she was getting into, but she knew that she was there and this woman in need was there. And uh, the young woman who came up and asked and said, I got this, uh, was saying, God God brought me here for this, this was, reason. This was after service? It was in between services. In between services. So I think two things here about this, just piggyback on this, a great example. Number one, I bet that young woman in her 20s didn't go home saying it didn't even matter if I was here today. Correct. Right. No Absolutely. chance right. she went home right. and said that. And the second thing is, Th- that is that only happens if she is He's there. Looking. That's right. right. Saying, I'm not just here for me, and I'm not just here to praise God. I am here to participate in what God is doing. And I'm just telling you, we hear stories every week oh, yeah. of what God is doing in our midst. And that's why I tell people, you know, church will radically change for you, not only when you have the mindset of, hey, it's, it's about God, 
and it's about the people next to me, but also when that drives you to get there early. Right. Or to not be in a rush to go home afterwards, well, that, or to volunteer, and look, or look to, at people's faces. Just watch, just yeah. as you walk by, look at people's faces. Look at look for the person who's sitting by themselves. For, we have we have that happening. Or all somebody the time doesn't. Too, somebody you can tell you don't know where, where they're go. going. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. That, that even that goes back to even the way the Bible describes the church, talking mm-hmm. about one body with many parts. And what it's really saying is that. Uh, that you, whoever you are, have a specific way that God has created you and gifted you and mm-hmm. wired you and he's brought you to this place at this point in time because you have something to give. And if you're not giving that, then uh, the church is not as good as it could be. Absolutely. It's not like uh, we have cookie cutter people that you just plug in. God created you, you the way that you are to do something in his kingdom. If you're not doing it, nobody else is. Yeah, and then what ends up happening is when when a person asks the question, if if my faith is personal, then why do I need church? If you say, I approach Christianity selfishly, what good is the church? I would say probably not as much as 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 it could be, right? So what we're really saying is it takes a mindset shift. And look, we're Americans. We are hardwired to think about ourselves, to expect businesses and companies and churches to do only what's best for us. But we've got to say, I did, the church does not exist for me. I exist for the church. And not the church as in Christ Community Chapel, but the church overall, right. that I have been born again to participate in the mission that God has given the church. And that means showing up saying, God, what do you have for me today? Yeah. I wonder how many of you listen to this, think about that on a Sunday morning. God, what is it you want for me today? Right. Would you show me someone who's hurting? Would you show me someone who's their first time? Would you put a volunteer opportunity in front of me? I am ready to do my part. And I think if you do that, not only will the Lord answer that prayer, but also I think you're not going to be asking, what good is church? You are going to start to say, how could I ever go without this? Because it's going to be a place of meaning and purpose for you. Yeah, and if you're listening to this and you come to CCC and you're wondering about this and whether you should come or not, um, I wish I could, we could share with you all those stories. But I just got an email this week by some, from somebody who has struggled with alcoholism for uh, eight years, uh, went through a messy uh, divorce, and she just talked about uh, every time she came to church, uh, she it was something that she longed for. She was broken, and she would just sit and let the worship and the people around her kind of wash over her like droplets of water. When you come, if you come, uh, sing for all your worth. Um, love people because it means something. You know, Zach mentioned it. There are people who are going to be, when you're broken, the church is the best place for you. When you are full, the church is the best place for you because of the people who are broken who are around you. And the beauty of community, I really think, is that we're all going to be the broken one. Right. And we're all going to be the full one, right? That's just, that's the way life goes. I mean, if you're doing well now, you are on a ticking clock to not doing well, right? I mean, that's just, that's life. Uh, and so that's why I show up some weeks to sing and I show up some weeks to be sung to. I show up some weeks to serve and some weeks to be served because that's life. But by being present, I am saying to the one who's hurting, maybe maybe it's your turn to be at a low spot, but I'm here for you. Right. And conversely, they're saying that they're here for me. And there's a tremendous, tremendous power in that that, that matters. And Jimmy, I think you're right. I, I think the only way our church becomes the best it can possibly be is if people start to look at themselves and say, what do I bring? What does the church yep. need? Like, for example, if you're a highly relational person, 
We will never be the church we can be unless you show up 15 minutes early and stay 15 minutes late. Because you are the people that are going to make people feel welcome. You are the people who are going to make people feel at home. And so if God has wired you to be a people person, take that upon yourself. Show up. Meet somebody. Make a friend. If that's not you, then find a behind-the-scenes role that you can do so that the people people don't have to do that role and can actually be out doing. That's how we participate together. Yeah, and really what's what's really cool about the church is that as as you do that you know as you shift from thinking about the church individualistically to collectively you will begin to receive the individual benefits that you may have been coming for exactly. in the first place. Because, you know, that. one of the yep. biggest questions that I did student ministry for a long time here, and sometimes students would ask, uh, I, how do I know God is there? I don't sense him working in my life. I don't see what's going on. And if you're you're approaching the church individualistically, then, yeah, you, you could not sense what's going on. But as Joe shared earlier, there are all these stories of different things that God's doing and we're seeing happening. And if you are engaged in the church as a collective, instead of as an individual, you're going to see those things and you're going to be encouraged and you're going to be that person who right. you're sitting in service and all of a sudden you sense God is saying, no, you need to go over and talk to that person. And so whatever benefit individually that you were looking for when you were thinking individualistically, when, when you, you begin, begin to approach serve. the church yep. as you're, as we should approach it, when you begin to serve, you'll see God work in ways that you never were able to see before. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.